The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob Imrani. Accident or injury, call Jacob Imrani, call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue Baloo, this is our Oscars post-game show. <laughs> yes. It was a great night. I loved the show. I loved the fact that everything everywhere won. Uh, and we're going to talk about it right now uh, with Elizabeth Wagmeister. She is the chief correspondent at Variety, co-host of Actors on Actors for PBS, and she was on the red carpet last night for ABC. Elizabeth, thank you so much for doing this. Great to see you. Of course. Great to see you. So we got to do a little uh, TV on Friday night with Alex Michelson and had a really good time. And it was great to meet you. You were on the red carpet yesterday. Describe describe what your day was like. It was a long day. Uh, not the red carpet, the champagne carpet, which I have to tell you was a terrible idea. Really? Because <laughs> no. it was dirty, right? It- It was dirty before it even started. So I was part of the ABC pre-show, which means that we started on the carpet very early. We were in place at 9.30 a.m. It was already dirty. They couldn't, there was plastic over, which is even when it's a red carpet, they keep plastic over it to keep it clean, but they couldn't take it off until the very last second. And they were quite literally lifting up carpet, putting new pieces of carpet stapling it into the ground. They were doing everything they could. So that aside, which was kind of amusing to watch, it was <laughs> really great carpet. It was actually pretty calm compared to years past. And even with the carpet, which I would not do again, it was a really beautiful space. It felt very grand. It felt like the Oscars were back. So I liked that. So what was the idea behind it being champagne color? That's a great question. Uh, I have been wondering, but I think that the idea was to do something different, maybe to add some more glitz and glam and pizzazz by saying champagne. But I have to tell you not to keep hating on the champagne carpet. (laughs) it, It was not champagne. It was beige. It was like when you go to Home Depot and you get swatches of you know, the most, the least expensive carpet that you can get. That's what it looks like. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking like, you know, because people wear different colors that were they trying to make some sort of statement that nothing that you wore was going to clash with such a muted tone? Maybe, maybe that's it. Uh, you know, I will say though, I'm probably being harsh because I was there and it, I think it looks better in photos. I would be curious to see what you guys thought, but I thought in photos, the space looked really beautiful because they had all that red draping. So it felt like a red carpet, but in person, it it was very, the, the space was very dark and the carpet, it literally looked like a carpet, not a red carpet. So I, I saw, I think it was in Vanity Fair that uh, somebody wrote, which I thought was very smart, that the red carpet is a concept now. It doesn't have to be red, but I think it's the Oscars. You know, you do a red carpet. It's the 
event. Yes. 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 I mean, if you were ever to do a red carpet, this is the place you do it. Yes, I agree. But I will say when you asked how it was, you probably didn't want me to talk about carpet. It was (laughs) a very good vibe. Like everyone was in a good mood. The stars maybe besides Hugh Grant, seemed very excited to be there. Oh, and- Hugh Grant. What I felt so bad uh, for the Ashley, I'm trying to remember her last name. Ashley Graham. Ashley Graham. That was the most awkward red carpet interview I have ever seen. I felt so bad for her. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you've been there. And what I will say is from covering so many red carpets throughout my career and hosting red carpet events. Red carpet may seem easy from home. And I know that viewers love to comment on social media and say that was a bad question. And, you know, everyone likes to be a critic. Red carpet is hard. It is not an easy job. It's a thankless job. The celebrities, even though they get attention in media, nobody likes to do it. And it, you really have, you have to think on your feet. You have to be incredibly prepared. It is a tough job. So then when you get a celebrity who doesn't want to play ball, it's just, it's really tough. And I, I've seen the commentary that a lot of people said she wasn't, she didn't seem prepared and she didn't ask good questions and you never ask, who are you wearing? And I hear all of that too, but still, I don't think it would have mattered what she asked. He was just not going to give anything to her. Yeah, he and didn't come to play. I mean, I I yeah. think we've all dealt with this over the course of our careers where, you know, it's it's a it's a dance. You uh you're either there to dance or you're not. And clearly Hugh Grant uh did not have a lot of interest in in being I I my question is why why would he even say yes if that was the, what we, he was going to do? Right. I mean, I really don't think that there was anything that Ashley Graham could have asked that he would have played ball. He looked miserable. And maybe that's his dry sense of humor and the British humor. But it to me, it just came off disrespectful. You know, say what you want about her line of questioning. He's the one that came off disrespectful. And as a reporter who has done a ton of red carpets, my heart really went out to her because that just sucks. You know, like that's not cool. Everyone's there to do a job and she's there to do a job. And I did not like seeing that that happened. But besides him, everyone truly seemed to be in a really good mood. It felt to me like this was the year that the Oscars were back. Uh, Last year, they fell back. This year, they felt even more back. Like we are post pandemic award shows. This was the most glitz and glam that you could get from a show. I actually thought it was one of the best Oscars that I have seen. Uh, and, you know, I'm reading on Facebook and a couple of people, one guy in particular said something that is so true. He said that Jimmy Kimmel is our Bob Hope. Hmm. And I feel like he did a Bob Hope kind of uh, performance with, you know, a little snarkiness, um, a little bit of an edge, but... What I loved about him is that he did make you feel safe and, and it was entertaining and his jokes were funny. He didn't really offend, although, you know, the Robert Blake thing was, was, was a little bit of an offense. But for the most part, I thought he was great. I couldn't agree more. I thought he knocked it out of the park. I also agree with you that this was a fantastic Oscars. We have all watched award shows. We've sat through award shows that they're just not good. You know, they're trying too hard. There's a lot of missteps to me. This was 
per- near perfectly executed. I thought it was a real celebration of film and of the performances. And I feel like in the past few years, we've gotten away from that. Obviously, last year with Will Smith, that was a huge distraction and all anyone spoke <laughs> about. But even before that, we've had a lot of politics that have been distracting. We've had a lot of social justice movements that are obviously crucial. And I'm all for celebrities using their platform. I think it's wonderful and I think it's great. But still, the show's a product of of that and celebrities being activists and using their platform is the show's felt a little heavy and a little dense. And I think Mm -hmm. last night it just felt fun. It was celebratory. And I thought Jimmy killed it. I was cracking up watching him. Yeah. He had some great, oh, he had some great lines. He had some great, my, my favorite line. I'll do it on a pod. I wouldn't do it on the radio, but I'll do it on a podcast was he was talking about Tom Cruise and the football scene uh, on the beach. And he said, L Ron hubba hubba. He looks so good. Very, mm-hmm. very funny. Um, so who was the coolest celebrity you got to, to talk to? You know, uh, not to, you know, be a bit of a downer, but I, uh, my role wasn't actually really doing it. My role was not doing the interviews. My role was giving commentary and predictions. Uh, so we had a really big, amazing team. Uh, and that just for this show, wasn't my role, the golden globes, I interviewed everyone, but I will say just speaking of this cycle, and I know that you've gotten to interview some of the stars and you just did interview with key that I cannot wait to listen to. Uh, But I interviewed Brendan Fraser right after the whale debuted at Venice. And that was when he got that standing ovation and it went viral because he was crying. And we had him on our cover with Darren Aronofsky at Variety. Uh, I did not write the cover, but I interviewed him at our party that was celebrating that magazine issue And what you see is what you get with him. He was just so humble in disbelief, really, that he was on the cover of Variety, that he was in this film, that he got a standing ovation. And he he said to me, he's like, I'm not even it's not just that I'm grateful that people are watching this film and know it exists. It's the fact that I have work. You know, remember, this guy wasn't getting work for a decade and he just couldn't believe it. And uh, my colleague, Clayton Davis, who uh, is our film awards editor, a few days before I did that interview, we were on air and we just gave some commentary just saying how great it is to see Brendan have this moment. And this was the first time I met him. And apparently he had seen that. And he thanked me for what I said. And mm. that never speaking of the opposite of a Hugh Grant. That's very rare for a celebrity to have seen some commentary you made on air, to take it to heart, to thank you for saying the kind words. And at that moment, I was like, he's got me. Like, I have a soft spot for him forever. And I was really so happy to see him win. Yeah, classy and humble, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that really struck me, I I cried a lot during these Oscars because the people who won, when you think about it, key and and brendan you know you know i know jimmy made a joke about them and you know being an encino guy but um when you when you think about some of the people who won you know um who is it uh paul rogers who won best editing it was his second film yeah and then the winners of the short documentary uh, i think it was the i think it was the animated was it the animated documentary i'm almost positive it was their first film You know, um, you know, you well, it was that at- kind of year, too, because, you know, the four winners 
none of them had ever been nominated for an right. Oscar before, right? So there was there was genuine joy on those faces. I think, like we said last week, I, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that everything, everywhere, all at once was going to win. But it seems like that cast had something magical going on. Um, I mean, Michelle Yeoh, Ki, uh, Kiwi Kwan, I mean, he just seems like the nicest guy in the world. He was so grateful through all the awards. And I thought just last night was just so touching. And to see them win Best Picture and for Harrison Ford to present yeah. it when he had been in Indiana Jones all those years ago. There, I thought there were so many moving moments on this show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree. And when you think of that, you know, Harrison Ford presented the award for best picture and Steven Spielberg is sitting in the audience and you have Spielberg who cast him as a child star in Indiana Jones, like this full circle moment that you literally couldn't write that in a movie script. Like this is, you know, when he was on stage and said, they say this stuff only happens in the movies. And of course he was talking about his upbringing and where he came from. He's right. You know, this is a story that doesn't happen. And the fact that it did and that he was really calling that out, as you said, the whole award season, he's just been so humble and bringing so much emotion. But I feel like he is instilling hope in people, you know, not just actors, but anyone to say, conquer your dreams. And he struck this chord where people are really touched by by what he's saying. And I, for me, that was really the overall theme from last night was you use the perfect word, which is joy. You know, everyone was just so happy. And this message got across of never give up on your dreams. Anything can happen. Uh, you know, we all know there's been a lot of criticism forever, but in recent years, probably because of the pandemic and how that shifted our minds, there's been a lot of criticism of Hollywood for elitism and celebrities who are living in a different reality. And I thought that last night it brought the Oscars down to earth. This wasn't inside baseball, like Hollywood, rich and famous people celebrating themselves and not giving a care to the world. This was a great show with great moments that I feel like no matter who you are, no matter where you are watching, you would resonate with something that someone said. Right, right. I mean, almost everybody who won, like even the the cinematographer from All Quiet on the Western Front, James Friend, friend he was an electrician on set. I mean, everybody came from such humble beginnings, which was just unbelievable. I mean, almost every award. And Jamie Lee Curtis, who's been, you know, a, a, a star for a long time and came from, you know, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, show business family, iconic actor and actress, you know, she was, uh, you know, Halloween. I mean, she did like a billion Halloweens, you know, that was really what put her on the map. And here she wins, wins the best supporting actress award. Now, Steve, I have to say, we did kind of call it. Do you remember? We yeah. predicted, you know, it was the second most wins for any film. We, on Friday, when we were talking, after we were, shout out to our friend Alex Michelson. Yes. Uh, he has a fantastic show, The Issue Is, on Fox LA and all over California. We want to give him a plug. Yes, <laughs> and, Friday nights, 1030. Yeah. Yes. And we were guests and it was the first time that Steve and I met and we had such a fun time and ate the brownies that Alex's mom made. Oh my God. (laughs) We ate them really fast at my house. They are so good. Can I tell you, this is going off topic, but you know, pre Oscars, 
I try to eat a little healthy. Before that, <laughs> I came home last night and I ate three of those brownies. They're <laughs> so good. Those. They're so good. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Steve and I said after the cameras stopped rolling, we looked at each other and we're like, if there's going to be a crazy upset, all quiet on the Western front, we'll win best picture. And neither of us really thought that would happen. But if there was one, that would be it. And it won four awards and was second to the seven awards won by everything everywhere. Yeah, it did really, really well. And and it's a it's a great, I mean, All Quiet on the Western Front's a great movie. I think one of the best war movies ever made. Um, but I but I I just think for for whatever reason, um, you know, I think Michelle Yeoh said in her speech that moms are superheroes. And that's really what that movie everything everywhere is about it's about at its core it's about a mother-daughter relationship and them resolving whatever differences through this crazy process and there's there's a line in it that i just love and always comes back to me it's kiwi kwan's line uh in another life i would have loved doing laundry and taxes with you (laughs) And, and it's such a beautiful sweet line why why do you think it resonated the way that it did? You know, I think it on the surface it's this wacky, zany, crazy hard to keep up with film and then underneath when you dig deeper it's everything, you know, that you just pointed out. It's a really beautiful film, but I think it's an original idea and when you see, I mean, visually, it's, you know, like your head is spinning in the best way possible. But for me, I'm sure for most people, I was like, wait, what's happening? There's rocks with googly eyes and they're talking and <laughs> there's hot dog fingers. And then you realize, like, even they didn't know what that meant. And that's fine. You know, I yes, yes. That's what Daniel said in an interview when they were asked about the hot dog fingers, they were like, we don't know. We were high. <laughs> I like, okay. But I just think it's this original idea And Hollywood, we've talked about this all 10 times over and again, we're in this age of what does well at the box office. It's reboots, it's sequels, it's Marvel, it's DC. And, or, you know, kind of DC. Kind of DC. (laughs) DC on and off. Yeah, exactly. But it's superhero fair. It's big temple movies. It's Top Gun, which I love, but it's Top Gun, you know? So I feel like these are the movies that do really well. But on the other hand... There needs to be room for new voices and new perspectives and original ideas. And I think that's what resonated with audiences. You know, the film crossed $100 million, which is a huge deal for indie film. And it was A24's first film to cross $100 million. Nonetheless, in this post-pandemic era of streaming. So it clearly resonated with audiences. But I also think, and I, I was thinking about this today, I don't think that five years ago, this film would have even been nominated. And I think that's because of the diversification of the Academy. You know, the voting body is bigger than it's ever been. It's younger. It's more diverse. There's more women. I I really don't think that five years ago, this would have even been on the radar of Oscar voters. Yeah, I actually read that, that someone had said that you know, because of the diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest upset for me was um, Women Talking getting the award for Best By the um, way, adapted Sue just kicked my ass in the uh, Oscars prediction contest. I think I went 17 and 6. And Sue, what was your record? I was, was it 21 and 4, I guess? 20, 20, that's amazing. You only missed yeah. 4 
All yeah. Right. Yeah. I so. wasn't even brave enough to enter Variety's Oscar pool. Um, I'm infamously just terrible at trivia and anything in that category. So I never do our Oscar pool. And in my head, my Oscar pool in my head, I did exceptionally well. And I was kind of mad that I didn't enter this year. You know, weirdly in my in my head, I did better in my Oscar pool than I did in <laughs> real life. I, everything's always better in, in my head, as weird it turns out. Yeah, weird how that <laughs> happens. Uh, well, it was a really, really great year. It was a great show. By the way, the ratings are in up 12%. 18.7 million people watched. So maybe... The uh, the the downturn for award shows uh, has ended. I mean, that show did 30 million people five years ago. Maybe it builds back up to that point. I think the one message that the Academy should take away is that big movies should definitely still be nominated for Academy Awards. It was great to see Avatar uh, win uh, visual effects. It was great to see Top Gun win for sound. Those movies did, you know, over a billion dollars worldwide. And I think that the fact that there are big movies in contention makes a difference in terms of eyeballs. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, we're talking about original ideas and new concepts with everything everywhere. But I think you need a mix and the Oscars, they shouldn't feel too insular. You know, two, three years ago, when I was talking to my dad or talking to my friends who have nothing to do with this business, they said, I watched the Oscars. I don't even know what won Best Picture. I've never heard of this film. And I feel like that can't be the case for every single film. So we need to get eyeballs on smaller films, but to serve the audience and not just for viewership for the Oscars. But just if we're sell, if there's one night in Hollywood, that's the biggest night that you celebrate films, it should be celebrating what people are seeing. So I think that was reflected in the ratings. And I like that we have this mixture of big budget and indies. And I'm not surprised that the ratings were so much higher because I agree that this was an excellent show, one of the best that we've seen. And Steve, you made a really good point when we were talking on Friday, which was even if this is 18 million and five years ago or whatever that was, it was 30 million. Five years ago was a very different landscape for media. And when you look at that, I'm basically regurgitating what you said. So I don't want to steal your point, but I just want to compliment you on it, which was, you know, these are still in the top rated shows, live events, you know, even in comparison, obviously smaller audiences than sports, but they're up there. If you look at, you know, the top 20 televised events, certainly for ABC, this is going to be one of their top televised events of the year. So when it's all relative, you know, all these audiences are fragmented and they're all shrinking. So I think 18 million live viewers in 2023 it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, for, and for all the talk, and even Jimmy made jokes about the length of the show, I never felt for one second that it was going on too long. I was never bored. I was like, I, I was I was completely entertained the entire time. I mean, I, I you know, and, and it was streamlined to a certain extent. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was a big, that was something that really stood out for me. Yeah. I thought one of his funniest jokes was at the very end where he said, and now we're going straight to Good Morning America. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) poking fun at everything that everyone says, which is the show's too long, you know, and I, I, yeah, I really thought he did a great job. All right, so last thing for you. Um, I'm not an expert in this. Who were you wearing? 
(laughs) No, I'm actually really glad you asked because it's a small business uh, and it's female founded. Uh, It's a designer named Elizabeth Fillmore and she's actually a bridal designer, but she was kind enough to make me this custom dress that she usually makes in white or ivory and she made it in fuchsia and I borrowed it. So I'm sending it back soon. Um, but yeah, she's based in New York and she has a showroom and I found her on Instagram and we met and it was very cool to wear a designer that I don't believe has ever been at the Oscars. So I wore her and then I really appreciate the shout out because, you know, uh, people always ask, where do you get your clothes? Do you own it? I'm like, no, I don't own this stuff. I can't afford it. <laughs> um, so I'm very grateful that I get to borrow it. So my shoes were from a showroom that's in LA called Janet Mandel. And you could go and rent designer items, which is awesome. And my jewelry was from my friend, Zamir Kassam, who is a jeweler, also a small business. I um, want to know how, how far back does the process start before the Oscars? To select all of this. To stuff. select all of this. So to tell you the truth, it's usually incredibly last minute. Uh, the dress <laughs> was earlier than I've ever done, and that was just because I. So I, I believe Steve knows this because Alex said it. So I'm recently engaged. So I've been looking at at wedding <laughs> dresses, and that's how I found her, and then ended up getting my Oscar dress. Um, but usually, and I think this is just because in the business of breaking news. And broadcasting and TV, it's of course it's fun to pick out the clothes, but to me, it's it's just a part of the job. So, you know, it's not like a celebrity who has styling teams and is having stuff brought to them. For me, it's like, when can I fit in to drive to this place to get something? I usually get my outfit the week of three days before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was wearing sweatpants and a hoodie. I'm jealous. Yeah, that's, I'm jealous. I was wearing clothes from my designer Emma Sohn. Uh They uh, they have a, an amazing line of uh, of clothing. Well, I had I had to uh, I recorded it, so I was wearing pajamas. Yeah, there you go. From Soma. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. I mean, I, I will tell you, I'm wearing sweatpants with this shirt right now. And if I were not. On ABC before this, I would have been wearing a hoodie. So next time that I join you guys, I will be in full sweats. Uh, but I had to do, you know, more buttoned up TV. Exactly. Or- exactly. <laughs> uh, well, listen, it's fun meeting you. Thanks very much for coming on to the show. I, I, I can't wait to talk to you again down the line when we've got other great entertainment stories. Uh, Elizabeth, thanks a lot for doing this. Thanks for having me. And I do have to tell you that my fiance is a huge fan of yours. <laughs> which I didn't know when we met, but when I came home and he saw the photo, he was like, no way. I've been listening to him for years on ESPN. <laughs> and I was hoping that he would come home from work and walk through the door so he could see you. Cause he would have fan like fanned out, geeked out, whatever the word is. But yeah, he's been listening to you for years oh. and was very excited that uh, I got to meet you. Cool. Well, thank, uh, thank him for, uh, for listening and thank you for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> And there's Elizabeth Wagmeister, who was there. I only got to do the red carpet one time, back when it was red, back in the day uh, when I was working for ABC. It's a crazy, crazy scene. Uh, I'm glad I got to do it once. It's it's amazing. And who did you? Who was the highlight of the people you interviewed? 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Anthony Mengella, who directed The English Patient. It was the year that The English Patient came out. And of course, he's since passed away, but an amazing, amazing director. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, uh, Oscars, I thought, huge success. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it was one of the best Oscars I've seen. I can't even remember the yeah. last time I enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah, it was great. I totally agree. I think uh, Jimmy gave a master class on how to host the Yeah, Oscars. you generally don't like the hosts of things, but you you like Jimmy. Well, you look at what he did, and I know yeah. it's a whole different ball game when yeah. you're doing um, Golden Globes or or events where people are drinking and it's you know they're sitting at tables and people yep. are walking around and people are talking but he was he hit on every level he was funny he was charming he was smart um and he moved the show along yes he did yes he did uh sue thanks very much don't forget you can subscribe to the culture pop podcast on apple spotify and at stevemason.com don't forget leave us a rating and a review we will see everybody next time on the culture pop podcast